And now we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to look into your marvelous word again. Open our eyes that we may see. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm not going to say yet, turn in your Bibles to, because if you saw the title in the bulletin, did it catch your attention? I hope it did. It did Greg Young, and Greg Young said to me, oh, man, now, now, now we're getting off on some tangents, you know, this book of festive, I mean... Boy, where, what road are we going down now? I couldn't find that in my Bible. And <clears throat> I don't know if anybody, your wheels were turning and you just, you, you, anything you decided to look it up or try and figure out the mystery of what book in the Bible is called the book of festive festive you know like festive atmosphere or festive party book of festive anybody want to take a crack at at that it's an old testament book i know you won't get it right this was this was quite interesting all right i'm gonna give you another hint it's a minor prophet who wrote a small book minor prophet his name means in English festive his name means festive and you're you're done with the mystery are you ready turn with me to Haggai that is turn to the book of Haggai with me tonight his name means festive and so I thought I would title the the miniseries is just a two-parter uh, this Sunday and next Sunday night. Uh, but the book of Haggai is only two chapters. But Haggai means festive. And uh, how opposite Israel was uh, at this particular time in their history. They weren't, f- well, they, there was some festivity in the fact that uh, as as Haggai was the prophet, he was sent back with the people uh, to. He was sent back with the people to um, to Israel. Some fifty thousand Jews. Just a little background: fifty thousand Jews returned to Judah, Judea, and they were sent back. They were allowed to go back under the king Cyrus, the king of Persia. And as you recall, uh, Cyrus appointed uh, Sheshbazar governor of Judea at the time, and he gave him some articles and told him to take those articles and go with the Jews back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. Now, others that returned, you know, of course, uh, Ezra came with a group, Nehemiah came with a group, But here we're going to see uh, another uh, group that that were put in charge of rebuilding the temple. And what we're going to find here is the people of Israel, they they came back, but there was so much opposition to rebuilding the temple. 
you know, people says, what are you doing? It's not going to be like Solomon's temple. You, you know, you might as well just forget it. And the discouragement set in. But then suddenly the people began to look to other things uh, to do rather than worry about God's house and God's temple. And this is why this book is written because of the, uh, the hearts of the people, the children of Israel here, who had returned, but they basically had switched up all their priorities in life. And Haggai is going to come with a message from the Lord directly to, sp- to speak directly on this issue. So if you'll look with me, let's read verses 1 and 2. Book of Haggai, verses 1 and 2, beginning verse 1. In the second year of Darius the king, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. So, Haggai has a word from the Lord for Zerubbabel and Joshua, the high priest. And here it is. Verse 2. Thus says the Lord of hosts, this people says, the time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. See, God saw the people, and what did they do? Suddenly, God's work, God's temple, the rebuilding of that was not a priority. They, they, they just decided too much work, too much aggravation, and they began to focus on themselves as they returned, and they came back to their homeland, and they began to think, wow, I'm home. What's the first thing you want to do when you get back home and the place is in shatters? You want to fix things up. You want to fix things up. I don't know how many of you have recently done work on your homes, but I know we've got a lot of, a lot of men in our church that are very good with, um, <clears throat> with repairs, restoration, you know, and adding to homes, rebuilding, and, and, and fixing them up. But the people here suddenly put God on the back burner. By putting his temple on the back burner, not, not being interested or, or focusing on the rebuilding of his temple, they basically put the Lord back um, and put other things first in their life. Here we see the people were basically procrastinating. I don't know how many of you uh, ever found yourself procrastinating about something. Uh, Men, have you caught up on all the honeydew lists that you've been given? Dave? No? Okay. Uh, Royal? Not yet. I don't think there's one man in the world that's ever been able to fi- finish the honeydew list what's that she keeps adding to it, keeps adding to it but bob yeah but, well th- aren't they supposed to do that 
that's part of their job, is to give you more and more stuff to do that you can't get done. And so she goes, when are you going to get to this? When are you going to paint this, right? And, <laughs> and we've all been there or are there, guys. You know, and, and, uh, and, and that's basically what they were doing. But for the Jews here, it became sin because it concerned the work of the Lord. What did God send them back to do first? It was to do the work of the Lord by rebuilding the temple so that the people could come and worship the Lord and everybody would know where's the priority here. It's the Lord God of Israel and his house. But God now calls them out on it through the word of Haggai. And the leaders, of course, are Zerubbabel and Joshua. So then we, uh, we, we come down to verses 3 and 4. Look at me at verse 3. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Question, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate? Now therefore... Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Here, God says through Haggai to the people, he's saying, so I have a question for you. Is your house more important than my house? Is that work you're doing to panel your houses and fix your, you know, and build your new homes and, and everything else and, and, uh, and work in your farms and everything else, and that's more important than me? God's calling him out through Haggai. He says, is, it, is, is that why I brought you back here? Of course not. He's saying, you're, you're doing, fixing up all your houses as you come back to the land while my house lies desolate in ruins. You know, and this, <clears throat> this, and, and, and then uh, the Lord says through Haggai, verse 5, consider your ways. In other words, stop and think about what you're doing. Think about what you're doing. And I think, I know I have to, I have to stop and take a look at what are my priorities. It's so easy for me to get my priorities mixed up. And even in ministry, I can be so busy, but I, I forget to take time to be alone with the Lord or, 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 or to do something he wants me to do for his kingdom, and I don't do it, or I put things off that concern him and, and the kingdom of God. Putting the Lord first in our life is the, is the most important thing that you and I can do while we're on earth. Turn to Luke chapter 14 with me, if you would. Let's go to Luke 14 
and see what the Lord Jesus says here to his disciples. Luke 14, verse 26. Now, Jesus says something here that some people, when they have read it, go, wow. You mean Jesus believes it's okay to hate? Now, we hear a lot today about hate speech, you know, and and all that stuff. Well, look at verse 25. Now, great multitudes were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What? is Jesus saying here? He's saying that I've got to hate my family? Well, see, we read this in our English translation. And so that word hate uh, jumps out at us. And, you know, we have that one word for hate. So we, 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 we just put the definition on it that we have in our English dictionary. But what, what Jesus is really saying here He is talking about priorities, about love, about what is first in their life. And Jesus is basically saying, if if you want to come after me and be my disciple, you know, the one who does not put his father and mother second, the one who does not put his wife and children second to me, The one who does not put his brothers and sisters second to me and and puts his own life even before me, you can't be one of my disciples in the sense of following where to the point where he wants us to be able to be willing to give our all to the Lord. He's talking about the lordship of Jesus Christ here. Uh, Jesus Christ being Lord of my life. That's why he says in verse 27, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And again, he's talking about discipleship here, not losing your salvation, but being a disciple of following Christ by the way I live. To be called a disciple means um, I'm, I'm, I'm following him And the question is, do I put him first and foremost in my life? Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3 now. Let's go to Philippians and see what Paul has to say concerning himself. Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8. Philippians 3. Paul had the right perspective which the Jews who returned to Israel did not have concerning the things of God. Look what Paul says in verse 7 of chapter 3 of Philippians. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. 
See, the Jews, what was important to them was their houses, their fields, getting more, uh, making sure they're making mo- good money and everything else. All the while, God, God's house is not even thought of. It's just laying there in the dust. But Paul says, I look at the things in this world and in my life, and he says, I count everything that I've gained as loss for the sake of Christ. Verse 8, more than that, I count all things to be lost in the view of the surpassing value of what? Knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Verse 10, that I may know him. He puts an emphasis on knowing Christ, that that's a priority for Paul, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. The apostle Paul is basically sharing to the church at Philippi saying, you know, God brought me to a place where he is my everything. He is my all. I, I, I just love that song, He is my all in all. Remember that chorus? He is my all in all. And when we sing that, you know, I... my heart begins to ache because there are times I I feel, no, he isn't my all in all. Because I've allowed my priorities, like the Israelites, to get mixed up, and, and I don't have the Lord at the center of everything, and that everything else revolves around him. All my decision making, all my plans, all my time, everything else and I think this is, it's, it, it should cause us to pause. Like, like Haggai said, he said, consider your ways, which was from the, the Lord. Consider your ways. And I have seen many of you sitting here. I look out at you, and I can just look around And I have, through the years since I've been here and our family's been here, I have seen so many of you doing the work of the Lord here, building his house in different ways. I know it started way back when this place burned, the church burned down, you rebuilt this. What Jonestown Bible Church did, the people of Jonestown Bible Church, I should say, is they did the opposite of what Israel was doing. They said, this is the most important thing we can do. And I know many of you were part of that rebuilding of this. And this, this is the result. You poured your sweat, and your, your, your tears, and your work, and your, your, um, uh, all your, your supplies and everything else, and your finances, and poured it back into the church, into the work of the Lord. You rebuilt God's house. Can you imagine... If the people of Jonestown Bible Church at that time, and what, what year was that? 
Royal. A 72, 73? Was it 74, Jim? Okay. So 1974, can you imagine that all of a sudden the church burns down and everybody goes, well, there it goes. Well, I'm going to go home and I got stuff to work on. I, I, got, I got my own house things to, to do. And suddenly everybody went their separate ways. And suddenly you're, you're, they're paneling their homes, they're fixing their homes, doing things, and, and, just, and they just let this lay all the ashes and everything else says, well, why don't we just sell the land and, and be done with it? That could have happened. That could have happened, but it didn't. Because you, the people of God here in this church, said, we are going to put God first. You put the Lord first, and that, this is evidence of it. But not only just the structure, but I'm thinking of the ministries over the years here, that many of you have poured yourself out in ministry, behind the scenes, doing things that people didn't notice, cleaning up, whatever it is, helping with the little kids, all kinds of ministries and things for the Lord. You were doing the kingdom's work. You were, and every time you did it, and you're doing, many of you are doing it now, you have put the Lord Jesus as preeminent in your life. You're saying, Lord, I feel I need to do this because this is what you have called me to do. Called me to do. Matthew 6, 33. What did Jesus say in Matthew 6, 33? Seek ye first the what? Kingdom of God. Is that where we stop? No. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What is Jesus saying in that, in that statement? He's saying, are you putting God's kingdom first in your life? Because if you do, and you put his righteousness first in your life, which means how I live my life morally, am I pleasing to God? Am I obeying his word? When I do that, I don't have to worry about anything else because God's going to supply it. He said, all these things shall be added unto you. And what was Jesus talking about before that? He was talking about all the needs of life, whether it be clothing, food, place to live. God would provide, and he will take care of you and me. If I'm just willing to believe it and put the Lord first, just uh, the way he desires. He de- this is what God wanted of his own people. So turn back with me, if you would now. Let's go back to Haggai and look what the Lord continues to say to them. And let's pick it up at verse 6. Haggai 1, <clears throat> verse 6. God goes on through Haggai and says, You have sown much. But harvest little. You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there is not enough to be drunk, become drunk. You put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. And he who earns, earns wages to put into a purse with holes. And then look, verse 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, says it a second time. 
Consider your ways. He's saying, I'm not first. You have not put me first. Are you going to do it? Verse 8. Go up to the mountains, bring wood. He says, you know, once you consider your ways, now get it right. And rebuild the temple that I may be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. Verse 9. You look for so much, but behold, it comes to little. When you bring it home, I blow it away. Why? declares the Lord of hosts. Because of my house, which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his, his own house. You know, this, this is just so sobering to me. Verse 10. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withheld its dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I called for a drought on the land, and on the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, on the oil, on what the, the ground produces on men, on cattle, and all the labor of your hands. See, God says, you want to know why you, I'm not blessing you? It's because you, you forgot me. Oh, that we might remember the Lord and remember to, to put him first in, in my life and his kingdom first and his righteousness And then I will see his hand upon me. It doesn't mean I'm not going to go through trials. Yes, there are going to be great trials and great tribulations still. It doesn't mean everything is going to go well for me. There are trials yet. But I will have the favor of the Lord on me. And I will have a peace in my heart that the Apostle Paul had when he said, everything else to me means nothing but What I'm concerned about is that Jesus be first and that he is preeminent and that I am seeking to know him better and better. And so the people finally then got the message. Look at verse 12 with me, and we'll read verse 12 through 15. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people... Here it is. Obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people showed reverence for the Lord. And then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke by the commission of the Lord to the people. And here's suddenly, now that they've decided to obey, they've decided to put the Lord's house first, the, Lord's, the Lord first in, the, in their nation, in their ministry, in their lives. What does he say at the end of verse 13? The Lord says, I am with you, declares the Lord. I am with you. And I can be certain that I can know his presence and his power and strength in my life As long as I'm putting him first, I will experience the the Holy Spirit and his strength, and I know that the Lord is with me. Of course, we know he will never leave us nor forsake us, but I will know his presence in a in a more powerful way if I'm living in obedience and I put put him first. Verse 14. 
So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Jeltiel, governor of Judea, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of Darius the king. And the word that jumps out at me as we conclude here, the word that jumps out at me in verse 14 is the word stirred. Notice, so the Lord stirred up Zerubbabel. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of all the remnant of the people that were there. You see, the Holy Spirit suddenly had freedom to work. When the people chose to say, yes, Lord, you are going to be first in my life, suddenly the Lord said, now I can work. And he stirred their hearts up so that they had a passion to do the work of the Lord, a passion to rebuild his house. And the Lord stirred them up. But it comes when I have an obedient heart. And all this message is for me tonight. The Lord is speaking to my heart. He's saying, am I really first in your life? What have you put ahead of me? I've got to consider my ways. And may we do that as we go into this week and know that if we put the Lord first and we get the priorities right and he is first, his kingdom is first, all these things shall be added unto me. I need not worry. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for your call on each one of our lives. Father, I thank you for your salvation, and you set us apart, Lord, as your very own. But you've called us unto good works. You've called us to fulfill your will on earth and to put your kingdom first and your righteousness. Father, help us to do that. And Lord, may we put you first above all else. And we know that we will be blessed. Father, thank you for speaking tonight through Haggai. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.